Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 476th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the springtime playoff season here in Boston, where both the Celtics and Bruins are involved in compelling series. The Celtics play a massive game tonight after Saturday's disappointing, yet riveting, ending in losing to the Bucks up in Milwaukee. And it was a great game, uh, to say the least. And uh, Jason Tatum did not have a good game, so I look for a big bounce back tonight. And, of course, the ending with the tip-ins and whatnot was... Uh, was great theater, to put it mildly, despite the disappointing ending for the Celtics. Giannis was simply unstoppable. And uh, they have to find a way to stop him. And if anybody can, it's that defense of the Celtics. So we'll see if they show up tonight. In Boston over the weekend, we had the Bruins bouncing back to win both games against the Carolina Hurricanes to tie the series to 2-2, and they're heading back to Carolina for the huge swing game five tomorrow night, and uh, that's going to be great, great theater as well. Uh, the winner of game five clearly has the edge, uh, to put it mildly, and uh, very simply, both the Celtics and the Bruins need to win a game on the road. To advance to the next round, it's just that simple. So uh, perhaps it'll be the Celtics tonight in Milwaukee or the Bruins tomorrow night in Carolina. But it's going to be great watching. And there's just nothing like the uh, playoffs when both teams are involved uh, up here in May, starting in April in Boston. It just ignites the whole city. Uh, sports passionate city to put it mildly and uh the schedule has been fabulous where there's been no conflicts they're just basically rotating uh one one night or afternoon it's the celtics and the next night or afternoon it's the bruins and so again this is like the best two weeks of the year and uh hopefully the boston teams can keep it going well, my low light of the week 
is the awful officiating in the Celtics Game 3 loss. They're not a complaining team, yet they had some uh, complaints at the end there with the Marcus shot uh, three-point attempt that was uh, clearly, in my mind, a shot uh, going up for it and fouled by Drew Holiday of the Bucks, and they only let him shoot two shots versus three, and, of course, the Celtics were down three, and that sequence and everything led to the uh, four, repeat, four chances under the basket with tip-ins and rebounds and whatnot for the Celtics to uh, to tie the game. At that point, they were down two because uh, Smart had made his first shot and uh, Al Horford, of course, made the tip in, but it was clearly after the buzzer. So that's not uh, in question as far as the officiating. Uh, that was obvious, actually. But at, in the moment, uh, in live time, it appeared uh, he made it based on the celebration off the Celtic bench, that type of thing. But then the replay quick, quickly and instantly showed uh, the red light had gone on on the backboard. And, uh, and that was that, but it was so disappointing in that this was their opportunity. They were down 14, I believe even in the fourth quarter or certainly late in the third. So they made a great comeback and, uh, just couldn't finish the job. And again, to repeat it, the Celtics and the Bruins, but the Celtics in this case need to win a game in Milwaukee or they're not going to advance plain and simple. Uh, but there was one play, didn't get a lot of coverage or mention, but, you know, where Giannis was just coming down the lane and he, like, elbowed the guy backwards and then just plowed through the defender, you know, and, and went up and it wasn't called. And it was in the fourth quarter and it was a important basket. And, you know, just uh, I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief, to say the least about that and uh, you know what are you going to do but uh, there was a lot of questions in an overall sense about the officiating on uh, on Saturday afternoon to put it mildly uh, but it's part of the game so we'll see uh, what tonight brings well my bizarre story of the week is James Harden turning back the clock last night to take over the fourth quarter and spearheaded the Sixers win over the Miami heat, the number one seed in the Eastern conference, Miami heat. So like the Bruins, the Sixers took the two in Philly. And now that series is tied at two apiece heading back to Miami. And, uh, Joel Embiid, most importantly, is back on the floor. But James Harden, who has just been under intense criticism, to put it mildly, uh, basically saying, you, you know, he, he got old before our eyes and uh, we won't see the old James Harden again. Again, he just turned back the clock and showed that the old James Harden is still in there. Um, the Philly fans were going crazy, uh, to put it mildly, and... Uh, so it was just really uh, fun to watch. And he, again, he was hitting threes. He was hitting everything. Just that simple. But 
most importantly, threes. He was driving. He, he completely took over the fourth quarter. Uh, and again, you know, kudos to him because he answered a lot of critics and basically everyone was a critic. He just had basically disappeared in these playoffs. And we all remember, of course, obviously that he was traded for Ben Simmons. It's not like James Harden with any contribution is, uh, not a better option than Ben Simmons with zero contribution to either the Sixers or the Nets this year. (laughs) Um, he hasn't played basketball in a year, so kind of incredible. But anyway, I would like to see, uh, you know, I was just glad to see James Harden kind of wake up and, again, answer his, uh, answer all the criticism he's just been uh, loaded down with, to put it mildly. He was aware. You could tell from his reaction. He, he knows what's being said out there, and basically people were saying, uh, you know, that's it. We've seen the best of James Harden, and we'll never see it again. But we did last night, fourth court, and it was awesome to watch. Uh, also want to mention under Bizarre Stories of the Week is just the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, playoff series with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Leafs went down in one game three in Tampa. with I think they had a 3 nothing lead at the end of the first period. And just shocked them on Friday night. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been as surprised as when I uh, opened up my app and saw they were the Ning were down three nothing, and uh, they bounced back yesterday with a shellacking of the Maple Leafs. Uh, Maple Leafs have a lot of ghosts. Don't think they've won a series in forever, uh, let alone a Stanley Cup in longer than forever. And uh, so. Now, game five, back in Toronto, and uh, we'll see how that works out. The, the Again, the Lightning, again, they have to win a game in Toronto to win the series, period. Will it be game five or potentially game seven, or will the Leafs pull a massive upset to prevent the Lightning from winning their third Stanley Cup in a row? Uh, certainly Bears watching should be... Great theater as well, and uh, and so looking forward to that. So it's just nonstop, whether it's basketball or hockey. Every night there's typically four to six games to choose from between the two sports, and uh, it just doesn't get any better than this time of year with playoff basketball and playoff hockey. So now let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. 
Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, it's our pleasure, as always, to have you join the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, well, during the break, you and I were talking about the Kentucky Derby, which I did not get to in the uh, first segment. Uh, so much playoff basketball and hockey going on, but uh, but certainly it's the Kentucky Derby, and it bears mention, and it was quite a race. You know, we were watching it, AP, and... Uh, having had the good fortune to attend the Derby and in fact be right near the finish line down the stretch. Uh, it was obvious to me, uh, you know, that that horse, the winner was like, had the inside track and just exploded uh, <laughs> down the track to pass two horses and win, uh, you know, by, by a fair amount. It was, it was not a photo finish and, it was great stuff, 80 to one shot uh, again, and just, you know, a shocker uh, for the world of racing and just really fun to watch, as always. Yeah, John, it's, it's amazing. Uh, once a year on that first Saturday in May, people flock to Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. It's the center of the racing world. and. I like it when they have a lot of horses, John, 15, 20 horses. I don't like to see a field of seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that. I like right. to, I, I prefer the, uh, big numbers and to have that they had long that. shot win, uh, that's a, that's phenomenal. 
Yeah, and they had a big field on Saturday. You know, when they lined up across the, uh, you know, at the starting gate there, it extended the yeah. width of the track. I don't know what the number was, but it sure looked like around 20 or so. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it was just, again, it was just a great finish to me. Uh, the hero of that win was the jockey. I mean, you know, if I own a horse and I'm, uh, that's going to be in next year's <laughs> derby, I'm saying I want to talk to that guy <laughs> as my jockey. <laughs> the way he just brought that horse exactly to the perfect yeah. point in the stretch and, uh, you know, uh, like I'm sure many others, I, I'm watching it and I just said, look at that horse on the inside. That, that horse is going to win this race. And he was still kind of behind two horses, but it was just obvious he right. was coming. And so it was really cool. Right. Like I just found it immensely exciting to put it mildly. Yeah. You might want to have that jockey manage a team or something, John. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> he, he is, uh, <laughs> touched by divine providence and obviously a lot of jockey skill. And, uh, that <laughs> no, was cool. And, you know, you and I also reminisced that I had the pleasure to attend three years ago. Hard to believe, uh, back in the good old days of 2019, as I like to say these days, uh, before <laughs> pandemic. Right. And right. AP, you and I talked at length that morning as I was getting ready to leave Nashville to drive the two and a half hours up to Louisville. And uh, I remember it as one of our great conversations. Obviously, I was very excited. The Derby was a bucket list item, maybe number one. And I, I finally was about to realize it. And, uh, yeah, and it, it turned out to be the one, the Derby, where uh, the winner was not the winner. A half an hour after the race, they right. overturned it. We all remember that, right? That was sports history. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah that so that was, was kind of uh, crazy. The, and... Uh, uh, Unusual, but, highly unusual. Oh, highly unusual. That was the first two, the way the 80 to 1 longest shot in the field on Saturday was uh, a first. And, uh, but yeah, I, I'll say this, AP, and I already talked about that I was, uh, you know, in the stretch it, it, with, you know, the turn, the final turn to my left and the finish line to my right so we had great seats and right on the track i mean 20 yards from the track if that um and ap easily the loudest roar i've ever heard in my life in sports and i like right. you have covered many sports events and it was a rainy day that day which was a bit of a bummer but that didn't uh you know nothing nothing is a bummer at the kentucky derby whether or not and uh and it was still, again, it was the loudest roar I've ever heard in sports in my life as those horses made the turn coming down the, the final stretch to the finish line. Uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was exactly what I went for, you know, because I've been told that by many friends who have attended. And uh, they were right. It was, uh, again, just the loudest, loudest roar I've ever heard in my life. Uh, 150,000 just screaming uh, down the stretch. So fun take AP. I highly recommend it. Something tells me if you haven't been there already, that you someday will get there as well. Yeah, I think so, John. That's on my list of things to to visit and and uh, do. Be at the Kentucky Derby, the greatest two minutes in sports. It is. And it truly I, is. I just, I just ha haven't been able to – fit it in the agenda but i will 
very soon. Correct. Correct. Uh, it's uh, easily done. It was a hassle-free experience for me to get there. It really was. Uh, and AP, you know, speaking of, you know, exciting sports-related uh, events, you look like you attended a terrific event down in Alabama recently in the last week or so. Yeah, John, it was the uh, induction ceremony for the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. And, John, this is a Hall of Fame with Henry Aaron, Willie oh Mays, uh, Joe Namath, wow. Kenny Stabler, Coach Coach Bryant, Coach Ralph Shug, Jordan of Auburn, uh, Bo Jackson. Uh, uh, trying to think of some other ones. Uh, Those Willie are serious McCovey, big names. Uh, oh, my. You know, Ozzie Smith. I mean, this just especially in baseball and, and, of course, football and Cornelius Bennett and uh, Marty Lyons and uh, just all the great from those, you know, know, Philip Rivers. Yeah, so we had this weekend Philip Rivers uh, from Athens, Alabama, and also Keith Askins from Miami, also from Athens, Alabama. The town of Athens had a a fabulous weekend. I'd say so. uh, Gentlemen. From Athens, Alabama. Yeah, Keith was uh, was an undrafted free agent by Miami Heat. Stayed there nine years as a player. He's been with the organization ever since 1990, 30 plus years. He's oh, the director wow. of uh, college scouting right now, and he's been an assistant coach there. So it was terrific to see Keith. I've known him for a long time, and and Philip Rivers uh, from Athens, Alabama. Uh, he was recruited to play at Alabama and Auburn at a different position, John. Possibly yes, tight and I, end, safety, and he ends up at North Carolina State, sets all kind of records over there. He goes on to the uh, National Football League, primarily with the San Diego Chargers, one year with the Colts, throws over, I think, 60,000 yards. Uh, and, and, he, and he fulfilled his goal of playing college football and being in the NFL as a quarterback, and now he's coaching high school football uh, very close to where I live. So it was fun to visit with Philip. He's an engaging personality. Yes. Uh, you know, big sense of humor. And, and, John, it meant something so special to those individuals. It was kind of like being recognized in your own backyard. Uh, I mean, that's what, right. what I, that's what I sensed when they gave their speech at the banquet on Saturday evening. Well, that's where it starts, in your own backyard, so to speak. So, <clears throat> you know, you may go on and including Philip Rivers <clears throat> to the Hall of Fame, NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, you kind of really want to be honored by the people you grow up playing in front of that led to your future success. And, AP, I can't help but, you know, and you told me that just over the weekend about uh, Philip Rivers being recruited for another position. I mean, I'm, I'm just so reminded of Penn State where they often did that. Joe Paterno, and of course, the most famous of all is uh, is Jim Kelly, uh, Pennsylvania boy, grew up <laughs> half an hour away from me, which is yes. uh, an hour yes. away from State College, and uh, you know, well, like always, they wanted to they, they want to make everybody into a linebacker, basically, and uh, <laughs> and Jim Kelly stuck to his guns, said no, went down to the University of Miami. Uh, out of central Pennsylvania, and we all know the rest of the story. And that's, uh, I, but it was a, a frequent occurrence at Penn State. Many, and don't get me wrong, I'm not being uh, 
critical because many players who did switch positions went on to spectacular careers as well. So a little of both, but <clears throat> good for Philip Rivers. I assume he just said, I want to be a quarterback, and that's that, and I'm going to go wherever I can be a quarterback. Is that accurate? Yes, and then a funny thing happened as well. Jericho Cotri, he played in the NFL for a number yes. of years. He was Big from name. Ramsey High School in Birmingham, and he, he set all those records uh, in Raleigh with Philip Rivers at North Carolina State. Those two Alabama oh, wow. natives went over there and had all that success in ACC country. That's unbelievable. Philip Rivers, you know, was we all remember that he was involved in the whole Eli Manning, San Diego Chargers, New York Giants draft. Yes. Uh, if memory serves correctly, Eli was maybe the number one, did not want to go to uh, the Chargers. And the, yes. If I remember correctly, and we're talking going back a number of years here, 2005 maybe, whatever. Uh, but it was a big class with Ben Roethlisberger and that group. And uh, yeah, I think the Chargers took him number one. Eli, so Eli said, "I'm not yeah. playing San Diego." He, and I think the right. Chargers traded him to the Giants, and then in return got you know Philip Rivers, who I think the Giants took at number two or something like that. But yeah. Pretty famous. That, that's exact. Yeah, that's the, they drafted uh, Philip. Uh, the Giants drafted Philip Rivers, and he was traded to the Chargers. That's correct for Eli. Eli Manning. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, Philip Rivers is. Uh, I have a good memory of him. The Patriots' famous seventeen and uh, well, I should say eighteen and one year um, in the playoffs that year. Philip Rivers played in, I believe, the AFC Championship, but certainly a playoff game that I attended at Gillette Stadium after the Patriots had gone sixteen and zero, uh, and he played with a torn ACL. And I wasn't a huge fan of Philip Rivers until that day. And that day, right in front of me, I witnessed all this and certainly have been a fan ever since because what he did was something that you rarely, if ever, see. I mean, it was a torn ACL, and he toughed it out and played a good game. They, they almost beat the Patriots that day. They were very competitive that day, put it that way. Right, right. I think Philip mentioned over the weekend – when he started to play football, the um, mantra was you had to be carried off the field. Right. There you go. Well, and I'm guessing in the back of his mind, if he didn't mention it in his speech or whatever, he certainly uh, certainly might have been referring to that because that was, yeah, he, you know, incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. That, day. Yeah, that was the and, level of commitment. Oh, my gosh. Again, I'll never forget it. And what was unusual about it was simply everybody knew, basically. They didn't know quite the severity of the injury. and They knew he had a knee injury, and then it may have just come out afterwards. It was actually a torn ACL. But everybody knew going into the game, and every fan in the stands, including myself, knew the guy was playing with a pretty serious knee injury. Didn't know exactly what it was, if I remember correctly. But, you, you know, you just respected the guy all game long, like, Wow, as he competed and competed very well that day, to say the least. Oh yes, yeah, he he was uh, the heart and soul of that team for yes a decade and a half or so. And when you played against Philip, you knew that it would come down to the last play. I mean, he was there wasn't any quit 
in him or his team, therefore. So, you know, Philip, uh, he had an unorthodox uh, throwing motion from the side. Uh, he's tall, he he's six foot six, but uh, he forged ahead and had a tremendous career uh, with the uh, Chargers and then that last year with the Colts. Right. And just as we close out at this segment, I also remember Philip was a little mouthy. And uh, I always remember him <laughs> beating the Colts and Peyton Manning in a playoff game and like uh, giving it back to the fans. There's no other way to say it. Um, you know, just trash talking as he walked off the field um, with that massive victory at the time, huge upset. And uh, yeah, I always. Remember that one as well. Uh, so, yeah, he wasn't shy. No, there wasn't the shy bone in Phil's body. I mean, he definitely had that interaction with the players on the field, the opponents, the fans. Yep. I think it probably was something that helped him uh, play oh, yeah. better. And that's probably oh, why, he, why he did it. There's a lot of athletes that that is certainly the case, and he was one for sure. And uh, AP, great stuff. And uh, it sounds like it was a great event, and that uh, list of names was a who's who crossing all sports and just, you know, some of the most legendary names in sports history uh, that you mentioned earlier in the segment. It was just pretty amazing, so I'm sure it was awesome for you to attend there. Oh, yeah, I I like to be there as uh often as I can, and if some, the only thing that stops me is that there's another event. Sometimes the, the draft um, was the same weekend, so it was right. tough for me to be at two places. Correct. Well, I'm glad the schedule worked out. And uh, So why don't we take our break, and uh, I know you're sticking around. Uh, talk further with us, of course, as always, and uh, we have a lot to get to, which we'll do on the other side. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint, dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., uh, we were talking the previous segment about you attending the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame event and we touched on a lot of topics, but I know you also have a lot more to add because it sounded like just uh, a massively exciting event, to say the least. Yeah, John, I was able to visit also with inductees uh, Jake Peavy, you know, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, you know, he won, it was a unanimous vote when he won it. That's only the 10th time it's happened for, for the National League pitcher. Right. And so, you know, he was a he was he was tremendous during his career, all star, all time Red great. Sox, as you know, and won the World Series and the Giants won a World Series and so he's from Mobile, you know, locally in, in LA, lower Alabama as we say. And then oh. uh Doyle Alexander pitched for pitched for eight different teams, Sean. Two teams twice, so it's really ten. <laughs> Wow. So he was with the New York Yankees when they when they clinched in 1976. You know the Yankees hadn't been to the World Series in a very very long time. Correct. And uh, he was he was part of that that team. And then also he clinched the game against the Yankees for I think it was uh, I think it was maybe Toronto possibly. So that uh-huh. was an interesting uh, ironic moment in his career. Uh, you know, drafted by the Dodgers way back in '68. So, but he was, a, I think, 19 years in the league. So he, even though he played for those eight teams, two of them twice, which makes it 10, his career was very long. He made his debut in uh, 1971. I guess it was 18 years. Yeah. Wow. Pitched for all those, those various teams. So he, he was from, he, and he's from a famous high school, Woodlawn. Many people have seen the movie Woodlawn about Tony Nathan. And right. Woodlawn is the home of Bobby Bowden and his wife. So. Woodlawn High School is known known in some parts of the country. Yeah. That's just amazing. Wow. And, yeah. you know, I did want yeah. to t- mention yeah. earlier, it seems like a lot of the who's who's that you mentioned uh, were born or from or grew up in Alabama. Like, you know, right off the bat when you first started yes. talking about it, you mentioned the likes of Willie, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. Doesn't get any bigger than those two. Right, right. That's uh, Birmingham and Mobile, respectively. 
Okay. But sure, yeah. And then, we, and then we have, for instance, Rusty Greer. He's born in Alabama. He played with the Texas Rangers and an outstanding player. Batted three oh five, I think, for his career. So right. He, he was selected to the Rangers Hall of Fame in two thousand seven. Outfielder. Um, so he he played at a, a small university, NIA school, University of Montevallo, right there outside okay. of Birmingham. So he, he was inducted. And then, of course, William Andrews, I think one of the better fullbacks of all time at Auburn University, he made a right. big name with the Atlanta Falcons, played in the Pro Bowl. I think it was four Pro Bowls. Uh, I mean, he was he was a fullback that had over 1,000 yards. Uh, that, that, does, that would never happen now. Correct. That would never happen, Correct. you know, this day and age. So, you know, he was exceptional. And uh, William was from Thomasville, Georgia, and he, he knew Charlie Ward's dad. I guess they played around the same time in high school. So he mentioned Charlie Ward's dad. And that was interesting. Right. And, yeah, and William was, like I say, a terrific fullback. And he, he was part of the ABC, ABC backfield at Auburn. is Andrews, James Brooks, and Joe Cribbs. The ABC back in Auburn. So now they're all in the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Joe Cribbs, another big name, to say the least. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, wow. It was, it was funny, yep. John, when they were drafted, uh, if you think about this, uh, William went to Atlanta, uh, Joe Cribbs went to Buffalo, and uh, James Brooks went to Cincinnati. So it's another ABC connection. Okay. Yes, I love it. I <laughs> Very, very clever, AP, to put it mildly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, William, a thousand yards the first three seasons, I mean, as a fullback, John, <laughs> that, that's uh, the dinosaur age as far as correct. fullbacks, right? We'll never see that again. No, it's so weird. Fullbacks have mostly been uh, non existent these days in the NFL. The game has changed so dramatically. Right. Such a passing game. Right. And, and, you know, a couple hanging oh, yeah, around. John, unreal. Yeah, yeah they Patriots. do. A couple of them are valuable, but you won't see the yardage for sure. Uh, John, another player uh, born in Alabama, it was about six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds when he left Kellyton, Alabama. Kellyton, Alabama, Coosa County. About two hundred people went to Notre Dame. Justin Tuck. Uh, I think the Patriots fans would remember that name in a couple oh, of yeah. bowls when he when he sacked. Uh, Tom Brady he caused the fumble, I believe, one one of those plays. So just the perfect Tuck season. Alabama uh, went through South Bend and then over to the New York area for the to play for the New York Giants and win some Super Bowls. Exactly right. Uh, at the expense of the Patriots, uh, of course, Justin Tuck, uh, Michael Strahan, that crew uh, dominated that game. What else can you say? And ruined the perfect season for the Patriots and. Uh, uh, well-deserved win for the Giants, and that was the famous helmet catch. David Tyree, who I interviewed uh, for my work at the NFL uh, this past year, and uh, and it was, you know, it'll never be forgotten here in New England. Personally, AP, it took me uh, a few years before I could even watch a game from. Uh, what was then University right. of Phoenix Stadium in uh, in Arizona? Because <laughs> every time that stadium would appear on my right. TV, I would think about that game. Um, as a Patriot season ticket holder, needless to say, and uh, 
Yeah, what I used to say, AP, about that was I would always say uh, as we got as, as they won like games 10 or thereabouts for the final six weeks of that season, I just said, you know, we have a front row seat for the greatest sports story of our generation, which it would have been in my in my estimation. But the Giants right. earned it, and they deserved to win that game, and then they did it again in 2011 up in Indianapolis and beat the uh, Patriots yet again, a second time in, under Tom Coughlin. Right, right. If you have uh, an outstanding quarterback, the only way to really change the game is pressure him. And, of course, Justin Tuck was a huge factor in uh, uh, getting into the backfield and disrupting huge. the quarterback's flow and causing a fumble as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what won the game for him. I mean, there, there's no dispute because they were able to basically rush with only four players and the defensive line. Not only did they rush, they produced sacks the whole bit, fumbles, like you said, and that's what turned – that was the key to the entire game, obviously, and Tom Brady would be the first to say that. <laughs> he was right. – never saw him so beat up as after that game. That's for sure. No. But, right, uh, right, and, and oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Justin. Justin was very good, and you know when you think about it, like I said, he was not very big when he left the state of Alabama. Ended up being probably 280 pounds, defensive end, was a force, could run, and is uh, athletic, and uh, he made a name for himself in a big way, uh, coming yes. from a town of 212 people. Oh my gosh, that is small, to say the least. Um, right. And they, yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny, John. It was, it was funny, John. They were all trying to figure out who was from the smallest town. And, of course, Justin, he put it into that, I guess, when he said 212. Yeah, that that pretty much covers it. That's not that, that that's like one street and probably without a traffic light. So uh, that, 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 <laughs> A caution light, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that is tiny. I, growing up in central Pennsylvania, I'm very familiar with uh, towns around that size, <laughs> to say the least, on the country roads and... Uh, it's always intriguing, and AP, I, you, you know, you posted a lot of great one-on-one interviews, specifically with Justin Tuck and Philip Rivers, if I'm not mistaken, and certainly there were others as well. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the last one I was going to mention was the head uh, softball coach at uh, the University of Alabama, Patrick Murphy. He's from Iowa, and he okay. kind of got into the sport by accident, and he's been to 13 World Series with Alabama, won a national championship, so over a 1,000 victories, and and that was uh, nice to see. Uh, and his whole team showed up at the event because they wow. played that day and they beat. Uh, they won a game and they they showed up at the event, so that was fun. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Um, well, AP, just fabulous stuff. Great to uh, great to listen to your take on it. Sounds like just again a tremendous event to put it mildly and uh, appreciate you sharing it with us. Uh, so why don't we take our final break? And we still have a few things to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio. 
featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. If you're looking for a radio program focused on reinventing public education, look no further. Let's Reinvent School with Ross Danis will have you graduating with a new perspective on the public system and offer insight on what needs to be changed. Let's Reinvent School, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, of course, tonight's Boston Celtics-Milwaukee Bucks game. Game four up in Milwaukee at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And, AP, I know you can relate because you spent time here in New England. Uh, There is playoff mania here in Boston with both the Celtics and Bruins uh, involved. And both playing compelling series, to say the least. And uh, so it's a great time of year. There's, it's basically, in many ways, the top couple weeks of the year. Because every night, the schedule's been perfect this year. Where you have Celtics one-nighter one day. And next day is Bruins. Day or evening game, whatever. Next day, Celtics. Next day, Bruins. It's great. Nothing like it. And we have it again now. Oh, yeah. Celtics tonight, Bruins game five tomorrow night after their big weekend, uh, beating Carolina twice up here in the Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic sports city, John. I, I actually yep. attended a Milwaukee Bucks-Boston Celtics playoff game or games 1974. Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dave Collins, JoJo White. Don Chaney, John Havlicek. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to be at those games. 
That was uh, that, that was actually the finals. That was the uh, finals, John. Yes, that's so funny you'd mentioned that. I don't know if I knew that because I went to the Milwaukee Bucks Baltimore Bullets game back in like 1971. It was the last time the uh, Bucks won the championship prior to last year, and just like you said, it was Lou Alcindor and uh, and of course yeah. Oscar Robertson, and they're against the fabulous Bullets team. Uh, you know, with Earl the Pearl Monroe and Wes Unseld, Gus Johnson, Jack Marin. I remember all those names. It was just spectacular. Freddie Carter, Bearden. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Freddie Carter was and, on the team, I believe, too. Yeah. and Kevin Lockery. Kevin, yes, yes. We just kind of woke up only two and a half hours from Baltimore, where I grew up in Pennsylvania, and we just drove down and took our chances and got tickets. And <laughs> I think it was the Baltimore civic center. And of course, again, they were called the Baltimore bullets back in the day. And, and right. I, yeah, so got to see a game in a championship series. One of the great thrills, uh, early in my lifetime, uh, you know, uh, which contributed to my passion for sports, which already existed, but this, that game helped elevate it. It was big time, big time. Oh, yeah, that was the smartest thing you ever did, John. Don't worry about the chances. Just just uh, proceed, and, and you, you ended up with some tickets and, and some uh, fabulous memories. Yes, it's kind of funny because that has guided me throughout my life and that, you know, whenever it comes to the subject of tickets right. and check it out, I always just say, all you can do is show up and see what happens, but you have to show up. That's for sure. Yes. And oh, yeah. more often than not, good things happen. I, I I think uh, probably ninety something percent of the time that's the way. Correct. It, that's it been works, my experience. Really. That has totally been my experience. I mentioned the Kentucky Derby earlier, and I bought those tickets. Uh, you know, like a uh, maybe a week ahead of time. But you know, I went to the right. Penn State Whiteout, bought those tickets two three days ahead of time. It's a lot easier now, obviously, online and whatnot. Right. But uh, right. yeah. Yeah, uh, the, there are many uh, sports events ever, including the toughest ticket in America, the Masters, and you know even those can be found. Uh, not many sports events where you can't find a ticket to, especially these days. Um, right. Back in those days, you had to show up and buy a ticket, uh, shall we say, on the street corner. <laughs> and uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, it's been fun. Same with the uh, Yankees-Red Sox playoff game last year. Bought a ticket the night before the game. Uh, and that was one of my great recent thrills for awesome sports events. Uh, but you know at AP, I'm glad you got to see the Bucks back in the day. They were in a, uh, Alcindor and Oscar were just, what a pair, to say the least. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great to watch them. And, of course, Helichek and Cowens, they were the two stars. And Jojo White, it was there were the three all-stars for the Celtics. Yes, loved that team. And it, it was so interesting to watch Dave Collins at about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and to the left-hander, he would draw out. Yep. He was Jabbar with his shot, and he had the sweeping hook shot as well. And, of course, uh, Abdul Jabbar, when you watch him, and he's taking 15, a 15-foot hook shot, and you're thinking, there's no way that's going to go in, but he, he was deadly. That, that's that was amazing. the greatest shot. 
of all time in basketball. Abdul-Jabbar, there's nobody even close who has the best shot ever in basketball. It's a cream Abdul-Jabbar's hook shot. Truly unstoppable. And that was a great thing to see him in person, which I saw him with the Lakers against the Celtics up in the garden later in his career. But yeah, you when you're, the hook shot was from such a far distance that that was what amazed me in person. Like it was not some little two footer. You said it perfectly. They were like 15 footers, which is just amazing to see in person to put it mildly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and Collins would tip a ball every once in a while. And one time I saw them, uh, actually, I think it was, Earlier in before 1974, and the night that we went, it was a Friday night, and regular season game early in the season. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had 42, and Dave Collins had 38, and the Celtics beat him that night. Wow! Yeah, Dave Collins, he was fabulous. I loved that team. Um, and yeah, I got to interview him uh, when he was coaching in like uh, one of the feeder leagues to the uh, NBA he was up in Worcester, mm-hmm. Mass, not far from here. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But good guy. I liked him. He's a really good guy. Oh yes, yeah, he is. I had him on the show, my show here uh, last year. He's a lot of fun, and I've met him several yeah. times. And he, we, we connected, and I just enjoy being around him. Me too, AP. And uh, hard to believe we're at the end of the show. I'm. Always enjoy when we kind of uh, get going on some topics like this where one one topic leads to another. We end up talking about uh, sports history and some of the great old, great uh, names from the past. And certainly we got to do that today. Uh, I think it was sparked by your Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. But AP, as always, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Hey, John, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.